This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, AfterBuzzers? This is the Four Live After Show, Season One, Episode Eleven, titled Switzerland. I'm still trying to unpack the title of the episode, but the gang is all here to help me out. I had an amazing time watching the show. So let's just go ahead and get introductions and pleasantries out the way. It's always a pleasure seeing Dot McDonald in the building. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Excellent, awesome. actually. Awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome. And then we've got Emily May here with news and gossip. Going to come hey. up with you later. Hey, and guys. last but not least, Jess Will in the building holding down our special hey. for life and back. <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys, I want to, okay. I had to text y'all as soon as I watched it. I even watched it earlier than I normally mm-hmm. do this week. I know. I me was too, me too. That, that text yeah. was like, I'm like, wait, what Listen, the, am I late? I feel like this episode really, like, this is the episode to, like, set us up for the trajectory of however many seasons. Sign mm-hmm. me up. So many pieces were perfect. So just like we always do, we'll talk about Aaron and his life on the inside. We'll talk about life on the outside. Some of our predictions came true. Some of the mm-hmm. relationships we always talk about, we'll talk about again. And then, of course, we'll talk about the warden and the COs and all of that. But okay, so let's jump into Aaron's life on the inside. I guess I've already shared my excitement, so we can kind of go through it. Just give your big takeaways from the episode. We'll talk, uh, We'll start with you, Dot. My biggest takeaway was the brotherhood from Aaron's cellmate. It just tugged at my heart tremendously. It was so beautiful. And when I walked away, I just thought about how we have people like that in this world. And he was in prison because he had done a similar thing for his sister. And just the bravery and the courageousness, those are the people that are the heroes in this world, but always get the short end of the stick. Um, I just ate this episode up. I think I text several people like, hey, do you watch for life? Like, I, I need to talk about this. Did you get on board? Y'all are asleep on this show. Like, this is- So asleep. Yeah, yeah it was, was, it was, was like, I want to scream at the top of the mountain, for life. <laughs> no, we'll definitely talk about that relationship. I do want to spend some time talking about Aaron and Jamal. We got so mm-hmm. much of them saying his name this episode, which they had every reason to do so because he was pivotal. I mean, that character work and just everything about it. But for you, Emily, what was your big takeaway from this episode? Oh, my gosh. I think my biggest takeaway for this episode is how how the system within the prison is so fragile 
And one little moment could change the trajectory and the imbalance of it all. And I, I literally have chills because it just, that moment in the end, the end of the episode in the gym, just completely, I, I couldn't see straight. I was like, couldn't breathe. I was so overwhelmed and I, I, and I felt like it was so authentic and so raw and so true to things that do happen that I just, I didn't know how to, like, I still don't have words to describe yeah. it. No worries. We got exposed <laughs> to so many elements that made it real. So we'll mm. figure out the words as they come. But for you, Jeff, what words do you have to say? No, um, well, I'm going I'm to go back real quick. The title Switzerland, I, I believe, like people in the comments give me if I'm, if I'm wrong but that's a saying where like you're you can't be a middle you can't be a person that doesn't have an opinion you can't be like oh I'm just out of this you remember like when when they were saying you can't be Switzerland so like no you have to pick a side either you're helping exactly. me or you're against me yeah Switzerland's so that's, that's, always neutral yeah the neutral there neutral. we go gotcha. so that was that was the name of the title that's why he mm -hmm. said from the jump no you can't be um Switzerland but from the whole episode it was it was crazy though because like right when you texted us you said yo this is crazy and then there was one text after another I had just started the episode and I'm like my mind is like what kind of craziness am I getting myself into so I put it on silence and literally it was more than what I was expecting it was crazy and the thing that got me and I was wondering I was like why would they not tell us Jamal's name until now and I was like maybe it was because they wanted the gut punch and if you think about it, they didn't give us really any name. And then they gave us everything about his life, gave us, told us every reason why we should care about him. And they said, y'all, we might take him out. So it was like, it was a gut punch. And that's why Emily's speeches, that's why we're all like, what just yes. happened? Because it was a perfect gut punch at the perfect time. And knowing that we have two episodes left, yeah. like, there's so much craziness that can go on and then like yeah. the fact that homeboy's like i'm gonna just hit aaron and give him like what a concussion we don't know where that's gonna lead like there's so he could have much a skull going. he could have a skull fracture because it was a weight I mean, yeah like it was, it was it was so crazy like there's 1, so much 000, going on but yeah one thousand percent so we'll start by talking about jamal and then of course in particular jamal and aaron's relationship because i feel like this is a character we have been so invested in and we've known little bits and pieces about we've just been able to see him and the position that he plays and we still got to see the position that he plays tonight but it was just such a beautiful illustration of who exactly he, he is where he comes from why he responds the way that he does and we always have seen how in sync their friendship was so the first question i had was when they tried to introduce the idea of um jamal getting the shank from Dawkins to kill Aaron. Did anybody for a second ever believe that he was going to come for Aaron? Can we just describe, okay, Dot, you're giving eyes talk, talk to me. not going to kill Aaron, but, I, but then it just raised all these questions with, well, what exactly is he going to do? And I think that that says something about who he is because I didn't have a doubt in my mind about his loyalty to Aaron. I just couldn't figure out exactly what his motives would be. And, you know, back to what Jeff said about about us not knowing all these things until the very end. It's like we didn't need to. We've talked about him so much without knowing his name. He's just been so strong with such a gentle spirit. And he's just been naturally
literally a protector in all the aspects of his life. And I just completely fell in love with him. But no, I was like, he ain't killing Aaron, but what is he gonna do? No. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely was was made me like do a double take and and know that there was something bigger planned, something further and 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 way bigger than than that. Because he wouldn't do that. It just is totally out of character. Mm-hmm. I the see all of us thinking the same way even frustrates me even further because how did 50 50s character Dawkins right? How did he not think something was up? This was his cellmate for years. This is his homie. You think he's just going to switch up because he wants cred? It it made no sense. The story, like, I felt like he should have thought there was something weird about it. That's what I didn't get. Yeah. Is it part of, like, the protection factor? That, like, okay, if he switches sides, he'll have better protection. And because, you know, he's now at the prison. Certainly, especially because he took a beating. And so... Mm -hmm just to kind of go back, I guess, into some of the prison politics. So on one hand, we got to see a totally different change, an element that we hadn't seen that could be called the elephant in the room, but I never even thought to question it is the idea of, you know, homosexuality in prison. Mm -hmm. Who knew that Jamal was going to turn out being gay and just the secret that he has just covered and covered and covered this whole time but then too we got to see the more of the violence which I always think brings us back to close to reality with like prison and jails and and seeing even Jamal have to get beat up and Mm. him deciding that he was going to take one for the team versus Aaron I mean let's just start to talk about I guess some of those complexities I will say in response to the Dawkins thing I feel like Dawkins probably was like well a, he's going to get sick of getting beat up. So maybe that's why he's doing it for Aaron. Or B, Dawkins can hold his own, which we saw when everybody jumped on mm-hmm. him, uh, which I love that scene. But let's dive into, I guess, just some of the complexities that we got to see with their friendship. We know they were cellmates. We know they were friends for all this time. And so here they both are faced with a decision. How much do I trust my brother you know how much who gets to be just here you know is it Aaron is it because he's so close or is it Jamal and the value of his life Jeff what you think I don't I don't judge either one of them and and I mean I say that because like technically Aaron wasn't really the snitch if I'm wrong I thought it was the the drug the guy that was doing drugs he kind of snitched by not saying anything so like I don't So, like, I don't think Aaron's wrong. And um, what is his name? I'm sorry. We just learned it. Jamal. Jamal. He, yeah. He's doing the things that he continues to do. He keeps continuing to take take the bullets for people he cares about. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't fault either one of them. I think it was it was a great scene when he was like, dude, just stay away from me. Because it sounds aggressive but it's meant with so much heart. It's like, Mm -hmm. you're doing such great things. Let me take this bullet for you so you can succeed. So you can succeed for yourself, for your daughter, for your wife. Like there's so many people out there and he's taking that bullet for him. So like, it was crazy to see that he did it before when he was outside doing it for his sister, doing it for Aaron now, seeing how his sister Mm -hmm. didn't even learn from it. Like it was just so many things that we learned from it. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I don't fault anyone. Yeah. I, I don't fault anyone either. I, I feel like it's Jamal kind of took one for the team, took one for the many, 
you know, and knows that with Aaron and the work that he's doing, that's the most important thing right now because he's helped change the lives of so many people in prison and outside of prison. And so Jamal is thinking, what is the greater good here? And what is the greater gesture that I could do? And this was it. And uh, it's, that's part of his character. Like, uh, like Jeff, you said, you said that he did it for his sister. He did it for so many other people. And this was like his kind of last chapter. Yeah, he's so selfless in a situation where everybody is thinking about themselves. Mm -hmm. It's the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen. And to see that he was so consistent. um, And I found it interesting that he told both his lover and Aaron the same thing, you know, get away from me, forget about me. He put so many people before himself. Um, And going into some of the complexities of Jamal, you know, finding out that his lover was a man, it was very shocking, but I was still so locked in because I was wanting to learn more. I was wanting to Mm -hmm. understand and I was wanting to understand where he was getting, you know, this, this protection element about his personality. It didn't sway or make me think any differently. It just made me think what an interesting man that has all these layers to him. And then in his cell, he had all these women that were Mm -hmm. women that were around like it it was another form of protection for him because he didn't want that secret out when he was in uh when he was in prison but when he had that moment in that visitation where he knew all eyes were on him and he knew what was going to happen I could feel that he was ready to take whatever sacrifice was going to have to be made when he went back and to me that just makes him the hardest most gangster one in there because he at that point said I do not care he held you know his lover he touched his lover you saw all the eyes being turned on him he got up and said forget about me and he knew what it was when he went back and those are the real ones when we say the real ones i would put That's up a picture it. of them all <laughs> yeah, i agree uh, i think that he was definitely you know the mvp and i don't think that it's the judgment i think what I'm saying more so is we get to see like the beauty of true friendship in that Jamal felt that Aaron had every right and all these reasons and things going for him to live and to carry out his, you know, whatever he was trying to do with the retrial. And in the same beat, Aaron felt the exact same way about Jamal. He had the visitor who was Darius, we'll talk about later, but you know, he didn't care about that because he knew you know, his focus was Jamal. And we really got Mm -hmm. to see with that scene, how tied to each other they were, how important they were. And and for me, I just had wrote down, like, it's real, it's devastating. I know Jamal was just saying how I love my brother. I was willing to die for him and he was willing to die for me. So that's what I mean. Just, I can't even imagine, I have friends, brothers, whatever, who I hold so, so dear. I can't imagine being in a position to where I would choose myself over choosing them. And they both chose each other. I'm hoping, mm-hmm. you know, that everybody wakes up and is okay. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that was so just layered to see that here show up two episodes um, away from the finale. But one of the questions I did want to ask, because leading up until that point, Foster, the captain who was retiring, he was there. Now, why did he take over to do the security check? Did y'all think he knew what Jamal had in mind or what? Go ahead, Jeff. Well, two things. I question because Dot touched on the um, the come uh, the fact that we found out that Jamal is um, gay and everything. Are we gonna touch that? Are we gonna touch on that later or no? Because I now. 
Okay, because no, I wanted to elaborate with what um, um, Dot was saying before we before we moved on to that. That's why I tried. I almost cut you off earlier because I didn't know if we were getting into it or not. But either way, yeah. I I love how they told this story because if you think about it, and when we first when we first met Aaron and Jamal, and he went in there, he told Jamal, "That's my wall." Or he told he told Aaron, "That's my wall. That's my ladies." We didn't yeah. think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Then fast forward, we see him. Um, he gave him the wall and everything. And then we fast forward to this scene. He's with it. He's with his man, his lover and everything, like kind of being, um, kind of like confessing that he loves him and everything's kind of being weird because he knows his life might end. But then you see the other cellmates to the side of him, like, yo, that's, that's different. You know what I'm saying? They're like, they never thought anything of it. But the thing that was so small that maybe people might've looked over is that that same guy, I can't think of his name, but it's his, it's um, 50s right-hand man. He said, yo, Dawkins doesn't care. As long as you're doing your thing, like just continue going. I thought yeah. that was such a big statement, but mm-hmm. so like just thrown under there real quick. It's like, yo, like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But like he's, he's hiding it as security because that's what so many people think inside and outside of jail mm-hmm. that they got to have that barrier. So to see that he had that barrier, people don't care. And that he was like, you know what, F this, I'm throwing away all my, my fake pictures, putting my yeah. guy up there before mm-hmm. I go fight for my life. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so that, that was, to... no, yeah, Jeff, that was beautifully said. Yeah, I feel like there was such a nuanced moment when he switched out the photographs, like threw away the ladies and then, and, and put that photograph up. I felt like it was a, it was a powerful and subtle moment at the same time where it was a transition emotionally, mentally, and physically, he's like, I'm ready to go on and, and fight this battle. And it was a bigger battle than just in the gym, but it was for a larger cause. And I feel like it was so symbolic in that moment when he switched those out. Definitely. Yeah, and I wanna say, I think that's a great point, Jeff, that you do make in uh, Dawkins' response to it. Homie, who we don't know his name, just saying like, he's okay with it, just speaks to, in a lot of ways, the fact that that's a pressure or something that mm-hmm. gay people put on themselves, whereas other people, they don't, they don't even care about it. But that, I feel like that's a very real element in terms of the criminal justice system in prison. I know people who have been just leery about communicating, even just because of the perception that it gives mm-hmm. to be connected to somebody that is gay. So I think it also speaks to kind of just Jamal was in a position to where he was ready to walk into that freedom just because he knew that I'm doing this for my brother and because I'm doing this I'm going into it like not having to care and the whole time like you said Dawkins was like uh, we don't care do what you're asked to do that's all we want that's all we want Mm -hmm. what about you uh, you die and then going back to the question in regard to the Captain Foster just taking over and doing the security check um, so I thought that Foster was in on something because he was close with Dawkins. Mm-hmm. I think that he may have wanted to come and witness Aaron being killed. Maybe that's what he thought was going on. I know that they were saying that they were going to say that he was the rat, but I know that Dawkins gave Jamal the peace. So maybe there was some conversation about what was going on because he was looking during the security checkpoint trying to like, there There was just weird exchanges and a yes. lot of awkward behavior. And then, you know, even the warden, when she's looking at security cameras, she was like, 
you know, why, why is he up in the gym? He's supposed to be down doing the security check. So there was obviously some sort of exchange that they knew something was going to take place. And, um, I, I think he just thought that Aaron was going to get killed. Do you guys, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was when, um, the two CEOs, the, I don't remember their names, the black and white guy, he was like, remember, stay away from Dawkins. And then the second time they're like, I thought you were supposed to stay away from Dawkins. He's like, no, you have one more mission to do. And then that is when he decided mm. to switch roles with switch, the yeah, switch, switch roles in yeah. line. Gotcha. So, so that guy in line was never supposed to be out there on the field. Mm-hmm. That's why, that's why he was always acting weird. And then I don't even know if um, Darnell or not Darnell. Um, uh, Dawkins. No, other uh, the guy we just learned his name. Jamal. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't even think he was aware because when he was in line, he was freaking mm-hmm. out. He's like, how am I yeah. supposed to get there? So like, it was so many like, who knew what? But I, yeah. I think that was that was that moment was like, hey, he has one more job for you. And that's when he jumped in. Yeah, exactly. I think there's so many pieces. And this this episode was a mystery because like Dot said, you had so many little like breadcrumbs of like weird behavior, like out of character behavior for the correctional officers, for even the inmates, they were kind of like going around. And I, I know that we'll get to predictions later, but it's gonna, it's gonna unfold where we see like exactly what happened, but it, it blew up, I think in a bigger way than they expected. I don't think it was supposed to be this bad. Yeah, and I, I like that we got to see Foster, the CEO, who I haven't really been invested mm-hmm. in, just kind of recognize, and so we'll get to see him grapple with what he had done. Mm-hmm. But Jeff, that makes sense. So to clarify, he owed Dawkins another favor, which would be getting Jamal in without being noticed without, so yeah. that Jamal could kill Aaron, but really Jamal was going to attack Dawkins. See. The thing about Jamal, while he is an MVP and he is a rider and just as Aaron is as well because they was ready to throw, he had that moment of hesitation with Dawkins mm-hmm. and that's yeah. where he went wrong because he had everything set up. I was wondering mm-hmm. when they introduced him with the salt, I was like, what's he doing putting salt in the eyes? I was getting ready for, getting ready for it. more. I he threw it. So he could throw it, threw in, it in his eyes. So that he could it was like quick. he can't see God, and then yeah it was super quick um I but he something in his eyes but i still didn't make that connection again yeah, it was I'm processing so much information in this episode yeah, I did it see was a lot i did see him yeah. something but i didn't make the connection yeah it was it was pretty much he was trying to to wound him a little bit blind him so that he can't fight back and then he has a no, strike went for it he, yeah. he hesitated and that that's part of like I feel like that's part of what went wrong is that he hesitated and it got it wasn't a swift, a swift right. move. it didn't land the way he wanted to at all mm-hmm. I mean we got to see more of the violence which was extremely necessary I think for this type of show just to kind of remind us like hey this is a scary world and a scary place but let's I guess switch gears and move on just a bit to kind of talk we didn't really see a lot of life outside of prison. It kind of met us with prison. But before we go into the Darius situation, I want to talk a little bit about Marie because we spent some time talking about her, her behavior, her decision. So tonight we saw first and foremost, she's there telling Aaron that Darius left, whatever, whatever, trying to figure out he moved too fast. But then Darius is in the house and she's like, what you want to do? Anybody else was like, okay, sis, which one... Now Which you already know that I said, mm-hmm. Marie, what, 
Now, wait a second. She <laughs> is playing both fields. She is confused. She is. she is an emotional wreck. She just wants love from somewhere. And in this episode is when I really started to see the danger of her actions and how mm-hmm. her playing both right now is just, it's going to end up, she's not going to have anything truly and honestly. And at the same time, you know, Aaron's court case is coming up. So she's feeling hopeful. She's feeling like, what if, but at the same time, she was like, well, if not, I need something to fall back on. So she just needs to be true to her heart and stop trying to play it safe she is being really ratchet at this point Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what it's come down to it's well yeah i mean she's just like she's been through so much as well emotionally mentally she's just been wrecked completely by like the ups and downs of what's happened with aaron in prison and like divorce papers and then darius so like she's had a whole roller coaster of things happen so I feel like it's get, she's getting to the end of her of her rope and she's just like I, I, so she's like conflicted and like she, you're right I feel like she does want to be loved like that's what we all want and she is just feeling like she doesn't know where to get it because I feel like you're right she's hopeful that like Aaron can get out and then maybe things can blossom again and we can still be together but then I feel like she's still holding some flame for Darius and you have to make that decision. But I feel like she's not going to have any closure and have any decision made until she knows about the case. I agree with that. I think they both share that in common. <laughs> and then I'm going to go to Jeff. I think that uh, Marie and Darius are similar in that they're both playing both sides of the thing. Yeah. She was talking yeah. all that. Playing and then equation. Darius is talking about, I'm leaving, but I was in love with you from the moment mm-hmm. I met you. But they're coming out and playing each other. I, said, I told y'all. I we met you. We, we talked about this. I told you every party, he was standing in the oh corner. My God. Just saying. Just saying. I know. When he oh. did say that line, I thought of you, Jeff, um, because I was like, oh, man. He is like, that was a little stalker-esque. I was a little confused because I'm thinking, okay, you can't say I was in love with you since I met you. But then again, the only reason why I pursued you is because I thought Aaron might have did it. And so now I got to figure out if he did it or not. Like that part where I was like, okay, I'm going, I'm leaning towards Jeff with this serious situation. And Jeff, I'll ask you first, do you think that, is it okay for them to decide, hey, We've got to wait to see what comes of this before we decide what we do. I hated that answer. <laughs> like, there were so many decent parts for Darius in this episode. I was like, oh, my guy, my, I mean, like, this might be my guy now. You know what I'm saying? And then he was like, you know what? We should wait until after this to see where we're feeling. No. No. no make a decision because, now. Because if, yeah. I'm in a, if I'm in a relationship with somebody, like, you know what? Let me see how like option B is doing or option A, see what's going on. Like, no, if I'm your option, I'm your option. And I hated that because Darius was giving us, they were giving Darius so many good moments doing Mm -hmm. like going to the jail cell, going to his friend's house, finding all these information. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go back to being the soft you know what just let me know how you feel do you love me do you love Darius? i mean do you love yeah. Aaron? like let, we'll talk after like no we're not gonna talk after it shouldn't matter what like if he's out or if he's in do you right. love me do i love you period i totally agree with you jeff like it you have to man like 
you know, man up. Say, like, if you really want Marie, then you need to say, let's make this decision right now. Like, you know, I, I, yeah, but I feel like she's not ready to make that decision, obviously. So I hear you. Like, I felt like he kind of went, he kind of like fell flat a little Beard bit in his character arc. And yeah. And it's, or at least let your words that you say line up with your actions because you stay in that. And then yeah. you go into the homie Michael's house and found out that he lied uh, and then you got to go to tell yeah. the truth. Dot, what did you think about Suspicious. him investing himself in the case that much and being the person to find out that, oh, Aaron, we know is innocent without a doubt? You know, that's the part of Darius that we all root for. That's the part of Darius where we want him to be that good friend. I thought he should have been went and did that. And now, like Jeff was saying, it's like he's doing these things to try to make himself feel better about these mm -hmm. feelings that he has about Marie. I don't think it had to do with Aaron as much as it had to do with Marie, because now he's thinking, oh, shoot. Aaron's about to get out. I'm about to look crazy because I was sleeping with his woman. Let me go see if he was innocent or not, because then that would play a role into how I look. Oh no, Aaron didn't do it. And I think for him, that's really making him see that, you know, maybe that decision for going forward with Marie, it, it was pretty trifling. It was pretty backhanded. And I think he's really starting to see like this entire time that no one was believing Aaron on top of that, he took his girl. He's just really seeing the damage that he's done. And in my mind, I'm like, Marie and Darius are like, Darius are so scared of Aaron. Like, that's what this is all coming down to. They're yeah. going around true feelings because they're like, if he gets out, <laughs> we're going to have to deal with that. And I'm just not mm -hmm. ready. So let's just wait. That's why they're waiting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Darius is so guilt ridden right now. And then I just felt like it wasn't his place to go and talk to this this witness and get mm. this information I feel like first of all it should have happened a long time ago and like and it's not really his place to tell this to to Marie either and I just I felt like it was so like him trying to make up for lost time that he should have done a long time ago yeah he was facing some reality so mm -hmm. before we get into our uh, for life and back and news and gossip and predictions of course I can't wait for that let's talk just a little bit about the warden because we got to see her face a completely thing, a different thing. I don't think that she expected. I don't know that she was ready for it. I mean, so tonight we got to see what happens when a warden is kind of relentless in her own pursuit. Um, and just, you know, she was so invested in getting Foster back and taking him down and kind of exposing all this. And then in the last few moments of frames, we see her just shocked with like all the violence and like trying to figure that out. So uh, we'll start with Jeff, but what did you think, or where do you think this kind of leaves the warden exposed to this much violence and kind of stuff happening under her watch? I feel like this is when we saw the newness of the warden, because like we know, we know now that she is fresh to this jail cell as soon as the episode, the season started. But like we really saw her like going after Dawkins head like head straight, not playing chess, but playing checkers. How we mm -hmm. always like been talking about like doing some doing some stuff that did cost lives and that wasn't really needed. And Aaron called her out. He was like, "What is your motive right now? Why are you going so hard?" And she was like, "If you think that's my motive, then you don't even know." And like, and I'm sitting here like, as a fan. I don't even know your motive. And I see every different point of view. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it just seemed like it was so aggressive. It seemed like Aaron from episode one. And 
she really saw what what the craziness happens if you if you do that because she saw all the death that was happening in front of her be kind of because of her actions kind of yeah yeah so i felt like it should that the the warden this was a moment where you could see that she's she might not necessarily be up to the task of managing this prison and kind of the the politics and everything going on in it and i felt like in crisis mode she like completely shut down and freaked out and didn't know how to handle herself and handle like again she should have been playing chess this whole time and had a long-term strategy and she didn't she it was like short-term bursts of strategy and it showed she showed her complete weakness in handling the situation and it caused even more havoc Okay, and uh, I'll give you your take, but before you do, I want to ask you a question and then we'll move on to our special segment because in the beginning of the episode, we did get to see kind of that flash where Jamal was like, you know, in the uh, encounter of the yard and then we got to go backwards. You could talk about the warden, but also did you feel that that was necessary? For me, it left me feeling like, oh, did I miss something? Do I not know what's going on? And then it came like full circle, but what's, what's your take there? Um, for me, I loved it because the entire episode I was trying to figure out, was that a dream or are we actually mm-hmm. going to get there? It kept me on the edge of my seat and made me not want to leave because I was trying to figure it out that whole time. So I loved that glimpse because it kind of leaves you to imagination and figure things out and allows the storytelling to kind of trick you in different sort of ways. Um, but back to that gym scene and the warden, you know, she came in with just, she, she was just so fresh and people in new positions, mm-hmm. they think they know everything. They want to prove themselves. They want to, you know, know they they and especially as a woman you guys she came and she was trying to prove herself and she did too much and that gym scene just broke my heart because I thought about how many you know every time I watch this I think about how many times that this actually happens where you have these big jail fights and where people are literally afraid to even go in and break it up because they know that these Mm -hmm. are dangerous people And anybody that goes in there is fair game. So it just looks like monsters after one another. And to just see the warden completely freeze and not really knowing who to send in, who not to send in and not knowing how to control the situation and then they you know brought in the you know the tear gas or whatever the gas and the people couldn't breathe. It was complete craziness. And I thought about this has happened before. Although someone wrote this, this is very true to life. And how mm-hmm. sad that people's lives, even once they go into prison, still fall in the hands of somebody. And we never know that person's motive. We never know that person's intentions. You have people in there who aren't supposed to be in there who get hit in the side of the head. Just the cards that we are dealt with in life. Yeah. I watched in complete awe and just like I felt so helpless and I just I watched in sadness for every person that was a part of it I was sad for the people who worked in the prison who were too afraid to go in sad for the people who were courageous enough to go in sad for the people who were in jail and weren't supposed to be I just was overwhelmed yeah I agree it was it was overwhelming on the nail I think there's 
there you put that perfectly and and just it just gave us back into the reality of the situation and seeing so many versions of what can come out of just people making a decision whether it's the guard who died for trying to help yeah. or Aaron trying to stop Jamal bleeding and getting hit in the head it was it was difficult to watch there was no happy ending when we come back around to predictions I'll ask you guys what do you think the fate of Aaron and Jamal is but until then let's move into for life and back where we can kind of know some of the you know reality that we don't see every day but are among us Jeff yes and I'm kind of luckily it's a brighter story than what we have seen in this episode because for this one where we for life and black for life and back is where we highlight people that have been wrongfully imprisoned and then exonerated and stories of that kind and for this week we want to talk about Kevin Harrington who is a um wrongfully in prison for 17 years off of wrongful imprisonment for murder. And um, for the, he found, they found out it was wrongful imprisonment because the lead investigator and um, detective actually coerced a witness. So mm-hmm. I've, um, that was the reason why he came out. And this was all of two weeks ago. So he is in jail for 17 years and now is out of jail se- uh, two weeks ago, right? Wow. The story, the the article goes on to say that when he came out, his family was across the street from him, just celebrating and everything, but he could not go see them because there was a COVID outbreak in that jail cell. Um, so, oh no! I know. So this, so he goes on to say that he was in a hotel for 14 days outside of jail, but away from his family. But like, it's it's so frustrating. We think that like. It's so bad and everything, but he had such a positive attitude about it. He he made jokes. He's like, I can watch Netflix. I can order DoorDash. Like <laughs> I was like, I'm good. Like I got my couple things because this is what he's used right. to. The fact that he's out and has the ability to go, do things, he was happy about. But he he said that he was in there for 17 years, six months, two days, and 32 minutes of being, as he said, kidnapped. Because wow. and he says mm. he says kidnapped because. He was taken without his consent. And that and that is like what it is. When I when I saw that, I was like, that's what Aaron's doing. Like, you know, he's yeah. like taken without his mm-hmm. consent and it's 17 years. And he said six months, two days, 35, uh, down. 35 minutes. Like to know that much, it was just crazy. But for him to have such a positive attitude, like, look, I'm not even I haven't even been able to sit in my own house yet, but I'm out. And I'm watching Netflix. I'm eating DoorDash. Like I'm, I'm just living life like a normal person. Right. It's great to see. And I, I like reading that just put a smile on my face because like he's finding light in a very dark time in America mm-hmm. or in in the world in the world. Sorry, but like he was mm-hmm. fi- he found a way to find light. I love that. We all are, you know, finding ways to find light. So sharing the for life and back is always just a chance to recognize kind of that perspective really does kind of make the difference in how we shape our realities, how we see the world. Um, Emily, last week you gave us news and gossip about 50 Cent's new book. As soon as you did that, you know, the universe or the internet heard it because I started seeing the flyers. Oh. I started seeing the covers. There you go. <laughs> Everywhere. So tell us what you have for news and gossip tonight. Awesome. So uh, so it's just a quick thing. Um, if you follow the For Life account, the ABC account on Twitter, they I know we we loved this uh, this big fight scene at the end of this episode. So if you go on 
their Twitter account, they posted a behind the scenes video of how they filmed it and how they crafted it. And it's you guys should watch it. It's really amazing. And it takes so much time to capture that in a cinematic way. And just the, um, the emotions coming out of that moment and the fact that we mm -hmm. felt everything just is a testament to filmmaking. And so I think you should go see that behind the scenes look and uh, let me know what you guys think. I'm so I pumped you said that. I can't, I can't wait to check it out because that scene, for one, it was just crazy to begin with. They did a great job of just choreographing it making everything mm -hmm. real. We got to see the racism. We got to see all these elements. So we also saw a new CEO who we had never seen, but he died trying to save him. The other racist white supremacist guy, he's out of there. Dawkins, we know is on a stretcher. Jamal is on a stretcher. And Aaron is laid up in the jail unconscious. Without further ado, let's get into some quick predictions. Now, Dot, your predictions from the past few weeks have been spot on. We saw Darius again. We've been mm -hmm. seeing like all this stuff. So I want to start with you. What do you think will unfold uh, within the next two episodes, two lives? Well, you guys know I was really thinking that Aaron was going to, you know, get that retrial and all that. My prediction is it is not happening, not even a little bit. It's just not. Mm. It's this complete chaoticness, it's going to somehow mm. turn on him. Um, and my prediction is that we truly, honestly lost them all. Mm. I hate that. Uh, Emily, what do you think? Oh, uh, I mean, I, so... I know, I kind of feel, I, I'm heartbroken because I feel like Jamal, I feel like Jamal might have left us as well. I, that's an inkling I have. Um, I don't want that to be the case. Um, I, I feel like someone might step up and fight Aaron's case for him. Um, that's, that's kind of a, a, a thing that popped up in the back of my head because if he can't be at his court appearance because of this, uh, this incident, I feel like there might be someone that could step in and get all the information. He's done all the work and just present it to the judge and present it. So okay. uh, I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see kind of how that unfolds. Um, and I think Marie is gonna make a decision on Aaron versus Darius. Yeah. Okay. And Jeff, we are quick thoughts. So to go kind of backwards, I think uh, Marie and Darius are not gonna make a decision because at the end of the season, he's going to get off for his charge, his wrongful conviction charge, but he's going to get another charge for being in the fight. And yeah. hey, they're actually, they're actually, oh, I did think I about think, that too. Yeah. I think that somehow it's going to be, oh, you started the fight. You're going back in jail. Cut to mm. season two. So that's where I think is going to happen because there's so many, there's so much evidence for him to get that retrial, even if he wasn't physically there. Nate can Nate can say everything and he should get that retrial like his his argument is so solid so like I don't think that's part of it I think that at the end of the day he's going to end up in jail again I think it's going to be because of this fight yeah okay oh well, yeah I could I could for me really quickly I think that okay if Jamal is gone lost among us RIP I hope not but I think we still are going to have to deal with the consequences of this whole madness Aaron is going to have to not be vengeful, but we got to figure out a way to take down Dawkins because if he is still alive and all this went awry, then Aaron is still the front because he wants to work with him. 
So we've got to unpack that, I think, before we get to the retrial. So I'll agree with that. Maybe we don't see the retrial this season. We'll get to see Aaron deal with the death of his closest companion and friend. Tonight, we got to see him just talk about, he said, I can't do this without you. So if he is gone, we'll get to see that. And then two, we're going to see more of him and the warden probably coming back together because it's chaos. It's utter chaos. Um, so we still kind of don't really, really, really know what's going to happen there. So I'm going to leave my predictions there. This conversation I was looking forward to all week. We have to keep it going. There's so many other things to say and we can talk about them on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere else. But for those who do want to chime in, Dot, tell them where they can find you. You guys can find me on all social media platforms at Dot McDonald's. And Emily, where are you retweeting and posting all the news and gossip that you share with us each week? Yes. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Emily May Heller. Okay. And Jeff spends a lot of time, he told us, diving in people's DM and kind of avoiding DM etiquette. Where can we go to find your DMs, Jeff? <laughs> so if for all the people that are looking to slide, it is at <laughs> Jeff Will Jr. on all your social media platforms. I'll see you in the DMs. Uh, who, and I am Keith Andre at Keith underscore Andre all over social media. You guys are the best part of Wednesday. We will see you next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.